Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan Godino from LaughSpin.com. Welcome to yet another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. I really, truly, with all of my heart, appreciate you guys tuning in. There's tons of podcasts out there. There's tons of comedy podcasts out there. I know you guys don't have an infinite number of hours in your day, so I truly do appreciate you choosing the Laugh Spin podcast as being one of your choices. If you're unfamiliar with the Laugh Spin podcast, please, please go subscribe to the Laugh Spin podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud. And uh, you could also mosey on over to allthingscomedy.com, which is the podcast network we are a part of that was started by Bill Burr and Al Madrigal. It's a great network with a, a lot of other great podcasts you should check out. So go to allthingscomedy.com uh, and go to laughspin.com, which is the website that I run that this podcast was uh, born out of. The things we do on the Laughspin podcast, sometimes me and my co-host Mike run through the comedy news of the week. And on some episodes, I interview some of the most interesting comedians in the country. And this week is fun. This is, uh, I'm really excited about this one. I got to interview Alia Janine, who is sort of new to the comedy game. She's been in it. She's been doing it for a little while now. And the reason she just got into it, it's been a dream of hers to do it. She has been a porn star for, for a bunch of years. I think she was in it for like 10 years, but now she uh, has retired from it. By all accounts, she had a great time doing that. She, as you'll hear in the interview, she's just this, she's like a, I mean, it sounds cliche, but she's sort of like a Renaissance woman. She has a lot of interests and she's smart and she seems like the type of person who, when she has an interest, that's what she's going to do and she's going to try to be the best at it. So uh, she gets schooled and, and she and she really puts her heart into it. And this isn't some like bullshit, you know, oh, I was a porn star and now I'm going to do comedy. Like she's in it. She's, she's in the clubs in New York and LA and she's getting her hands dirty and she's really trying to, to do something here. And uh, I just, uh, I wanted to talk to her because it's just a very interesting dynamic, you know, porn star to, to comedians. Because, you know, a porn star in comedy, I mean, it's really not that different. It really isn't that different. You have to kind of like, you're, you're just out there, you're exposed. I think it makes sense. I, I wouldn't be surprised if more porn stars didn't become comedians after. Because you'd have to have a, a good sense of humor to survive, to survive in, in, both, in both industries. Anyway, Alia Janine. We'll get to the interview now. Uh, I'll stop talking. Uh, you can follow her uh, at, and this is one of my favorite Twitter handles, at the glorious cunt. I love it. So follow her there. I'm going to shut up, and uh, here's our interview. Alia. Alia, yeah. Okay. A-L-I-A. My mom got it from the book Dune from uh, by Frank Herbert or Hebert. Sure, the sci-fi yeah, situation? Yeah, the horrible movie with Sting in it. Yeah. So bad. But it's it's a sci-fi, it's to the movie, day, a sci-fi or, or, reference. Uh, yeah. Dane Cook references it in one of his very old jokes. There's a couple people that reference it. Is that actually. true? Yeah. My mother mainly. <laughs> <laughs> You're, so they were nerds? Uh, my mother, yes. Um, dad, no. He was more of like the jock type he was a vietnam vet okay so i did so was my dad there we go we have so much in common we really do <laughs> we're both humans correct we both have dads 
Wow. Um, so this is great. We, we actually made contact a little over a year ago, but we never met. Correct. We were going to. And this is when I was just traveling here. Yes. You were between here and Milwaukee? L.A. L.A. at that yes. point. Uh, but you were from Milwaukee. Correct. But now you are here in New York City permanently. Well, as permanent as I want. <laughs> okay. I've been here since September. I love, love, love New York, but I, um, I want to go back to LA because it doesn't snow there. Yeah. This winter was gnarly. I ended up spending most of it in Florida. I've, I'm from Wisconsin, so I moved out of Wisconsin for very specific reasons. Sure. It's fucking freezing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, New York winters are not nearly as bad. No, no. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> fucking bad to the point where I went to Florida for a good month and a half to get away. I was like, I can't do this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, the winters are, I'm assuming they were s- slightly better than a Wisconsin winter. Oh, to a certain extent, but I haven't really experienced a winter in about five years. Oh, right, so it sure. was like the first one where I'm like, what is this? I mean, it didn't get below zero like it does in Wisconsin, but yeah. it was close enough. It was awful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. And I'm used to winters every winter. I get, like- a, I get a winter and I, and I hate them more and more. <laughs> so, all right, let's back up a little bit and tell people th- this, this episode of the Last Minute Podcast is a l- little bit different only because we usually talk to very, very well-known mm-hmm. comedians. I've seen that. This gives me an excuse mm-hmm. to talk to you because otherwise, I'm so glad you got into comedy. <laughs> uh, because otherwise, there's no reason for me to talk to you who, it, former porn star. Correct. So let's talk about the comedy to begin with. First of all, why make that transition into comedy? What, what's the deal? Um, I don't really think there's a big difference between porn and comedy <laughs> in the way that people act yeah. and, and things like that. Um, no, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always done everything that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a cop, so I went to school to be a cop. You know, I want to study psychology, so I'm going to school for psychology. Comedy is just another one of those things that I've always wanted to do and experience and um, try out. And that's why I moved out of L.A. and moved to New York to specifically do this until winter came along. So I postponed. <laughs> <laughs> in a couple of months. Comedy could wait. Comedy could wait a little bit more. But um, yeah, it was just something that I've always wanted to do and try. And, you know, when, when people tell you, oh, you're really funny, you have great stories, you should try this. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, like I will try it. And I really like it, you know, so far it's a great experience. And you're not just getting up on stage, but I mean, just off mic we you were talking about taking classes so you're taking mm-hmm. comedy class what, oh, what, yeah, what yeah. are you studying right now um i've taken well i took stand-up comedy classes from the comedy cellar just to see that how that worked out i'm also taking some at gotham now which are amazing they basically teach you how to write um the material that you have into more joke formats like a lot of people have funny stories i have amazing stories but that's sure. they're stories right. you know they're not joke <laughs> jokes so um they basically teach you how to break them down more into jokes and not be so wordy i'm a very wordy person so that and um you get tapes out of it is one of the main reasons why i did it, is that you get you know really nice five minute tapes from really well-known clubs. Oh, that's good so that's about his as well yeah. Um, and I'm also taking a sketch writing class at um, the UCB right now, which is a lot of fun. And you are also studying psychology? Correct. Wow. I have a 4.0 in that too. Wow. Uh, Where are you doing that? And that's just online. So that's kind of easy. Like the comedy classes, I actually have to leave my apartment for. <laughs> I like the online school because the winter I didn't have to go anywhere. Sure. 
which is nice. Yeah, no no commute. How long have you been doing comedy at this point? Um, well, I kind of started back in like 2009, 2010. Um, my very first publicist is like, oh, you need your own radio show and you need to do comedy, like right. anything involved in comedy. So I just, you know, did a bunch of different YouTube sketches and videos with different people. Um, actually in Florida, when I used to live in Florida, I used to bartend at a comedy club, Snappers in Palm Harbor. Um, which is a lot of fun. The strip club that I used to work at in Milwaukee, they have a comedy club underneath it as well. So uh, I would always go to comedy shows there. So it's always been yeah, around. It's always been around you. Yeah. And so, and actually for my going away party, we had a roast for me. Oh, and, nice. and my friends are like, you know, this is something that you should also explore because obviously every porn star wants to be a mainstream actress too. You know, they're like, oh, if I <laughs> suck this many cocks, I could get in this movie. Maybe. And that normally doesn't work out so well for them. But um, yeah, that's just kind of what I did. All right. I didn't know that about porn stars. I thought, you know, a select few. A lot of them really are trying to transition uh, in. Well, they think that porn could be a good stepping stone. Yeah. So I'm not, not all, but. You know, you'll see a lot of porn stars on like Sons of Anarchy or, sure. you know, that they do a lot of cameo appearances. I was an extra in the movie Her by Spike Jones and uh, stuff. So um, I uncredited, <laughs> of course, but it's still on my IMDb. Nice. So let's dig back okay. into the history of you. What You wanted to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so was. So you went to school and you became a cop? Um, no, I have a degree in it. I did other little jobs. I did, I was an armored car driver for a while. I did loss prevention at discount stores like Walmart right. and Target and Kmart. I was a private investigator for a while. I helped bust a Jesus. couple married guys for cheating on their wives. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and then I go into porn, which is another, like, people accuse that of cheating. So that was ironic what else have i done i was a bartender for a really long right. time and then i went um dancing i was a so, stripper so it was cop school mm-hmm. and then all those well, va- well it was a stripper first then cop oh, school then okay. back to stripping got it and then porn and bartending was in between i'm from wisconsin so everyone knows how to bartend there <laughs> everyone basically was born in a bar everyone got out drink everyone right in the city. so yeah and one of like i do want to own my own bar like someday maybe a comedy club that would now. be awesome right it would be awesome but i, I always wanted like a, a little bar on an island in the middle of nowhere and just drink tequila all day that would be nice i don't think that's a bad retirement plan no i think that's <laughs> a great retirement plan so okay so how did you get into stripping how old were you and and how did that happen um well the first time i ever tried dancing i was 18 and i specifically did it to piss off my mother okay it's one of those things like fuck you i'm 18 i could do whatever i want now well at the club that i i danced at about three girls got arrested for prostitution oh that's not good yeah that's not dancing at all no so that kind of scared me away from it until i was about 20 (laughs) again and a couple of my girlfriends went with me and stuff so um so that's how I got into that and then I was only dancing for about a year and I was actually planning on doing feature dancing is what I really wanted to do but um no wait hold on hold on let me I'm gonna I'm gonna break in a few times (laughs) so feature dancing Mm -hmm. for people who might not know what feature dancing is is what um it's like burlesque dancing it's the girl that the clubs hire to go there you know they bring in people they have the special costumes you know they do different things than just a regular house girl as as they're called 
and they tra- and you travel. Yeah. The, the whole idea is like it's you're a it's like a musician, around. like a comedian. Mm-hmm. You travel. You yeah, have, you, you have travel to different clubs. Yeah, and these clubs pay you, you know, to dance there. Um, so I did that for a little while, but then I met a guy and um, fell in love and all that bullshit. And his family was very political and half his family was the Milwaukee Police Department. But it was something <laughs> that I've always, you know, found very interesting. I wanted to be like a U.S. Marshal or I thought about Secret Service and I really like psychology. I was like, oh, forensic psychology or even forensic pathology. So I went to school for that and then we broke up and I'm like, I really like dancing again. So I'm going to go back to dancing and finish paying for school Yeah, as well because the boyfriend stopped paying for everything. God weird. damn it. Like you break up and then all of a sudden you just lose the funds. I don't it. get how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what drew you, I mean, besides, you know, having, you know, a decent cash flow to pay for school mm-hmm. what about dancing what about stripping is was kind of attractive to you just being on stage i love to dance um to entertain in general it doesn't really matter what kind obviously but um i really just like dancing and performing i like the fact that the hours were amazing you know at night and at that time when i was younger you know sleeping till two three o'clock in the afternoon is normal right not so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, at 35. <laughs> <laughs> so those, okay, so stripping began, uh, two people you knew got busted for prostitution. Did you know those people? No, no. You didn't I never, know them at no. all? No, this was a club in the ghetto. Like one of my girlfriends went, she's like, oh, this is a really good club because you win like $100 if you win or something like that. It's like, oh, okay, not really knowing where it was. Like I should have seen when they had security guards, you know, a retired cop outside, like walking people in. No, I didn't know any better. I was 18. Yeah. So that happened. You left. You went back. And then how long did you continue dancing that second time? For a little while. It was about, oh my goodness, probably like six years, five, six years, Mm -hmm. I want to say. I danced um, and that's, I was still in Wisconsin and that's when I decided, because I was finished with school, I'm like, oh, you know, do I want to continue this career as a cop or, you know, along this line? Or do I want to try feature dancing, which was what I originally wanted to do. And now that I didn't have this guy telling me, you know, what not to do anymore. Right. Which is really stupid, by the way. People don't ever do that if you're in relationship. He did not. How long were you with this guy? Um, three and a half years. And he did not like the fact that you were a stripper? No, no. Well, he didn't tell me to quit, but it was insinuated because of his family's political connections and, and stuff like that. I see. So he personally didn't have... Not so much, no. That he sh- at least told me. I'm sure he was... He's a Hispanic guy, so there's definitely some jealousies there, right. too. I'm sure nobody wants to see their girlfriend grinding up on another guy. I mean... Very rarely. Yeah, yeah. some guys really get off on it, but for the most part, no, they no, don't want they don't. to see that. <laughs> or they don't even want to think about it, you know? So Right. Did you meet in the club, outside of the club, or...? Which is funny. Uh, we met in the club, but I was bartending. I wasn't oh, okay. dancing. I was bartending. I mean, uh, you saw me dance after a while, of course, um, when we first started dating. But yeah, it was about half a year into the relationship where he's like, you know, maybe you should look for another job. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, because we were moving in together and it was like meeting his parents, his ginormous fucking family and stuff. So... Right. I was like, okay, go to school because my father was in Vietnam. A lot of my college was paid for and everything. So that was really nice. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> when you started stripping again for those bunch of years, four years, I think you said. Yeah, it was like four. Were your parents more on board with it at that point? Or not Not that they were like, <laughs> you know, no, well, on board, but. 
My mom, my parents have always known me to just kind of do whatever the fuck I want. And as long as I'm happy, healthy and not getting arrested or, or you know, hurting anyone else, yeah. they don't care. And as long as I don't have to keep borrowing money from them, either, it's always nice too. So no, my parents were just always like, okay, this is what she's doing this week. Right. Yes. You seem very kind of just... You do what you want. I do what I want. You have interests and you actually, you know, pursue them. Exactly. Like moving to New York randomly. Just like, oh, I'm going to move to New York. Now I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to LA. <laughs> a lot of people like to say that they're going to do stuff or like, oh, that's great. And I'd be really good at that. But then they never do it. You know, they right. just keep doing the exact same thing over and over again. And then, you know, by the time they're 80 or maybe even younger, 40, they're like, what did I do with my life? I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be able to explore everything that I find interesting. You know, even if it doesn't work out, obviously being a cop didn't work out or, you know, going to school for that. Um, the whole getting shot at really bothered me. That scares me, yeah. I, mean, I really like the fact that I could shoot at people. It's just I didn't want to be shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's catch-22 there. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's scary. Now, the segue into porn. The porn. Um, well, that's when I moved to Florida okay. to um, officiate my feature dancing. I was going to feature dancing school. I have a school for everything. I had no idea. There is. And um, there's a couple of them, actually. Um, what like name uh, name? It, it's uh, called Pure Talent. Oh, okay, is um, one so, of the schools. And this woman that I met, her name is Jade Simone Sinclair. She's a feature entertainer. Yep. As well, she calls herself the Naked Comedian. Okay. And like you know, she hosts uh, shows, but she also dances. But she's fucking hilarious. I was like, oh, I like her show. You know, I like the whole idea that she was you know adding comedy in it and stuff like that. And she was one of the teachers at the school. So I went down there and that's when I started bartending at Snappers for a little bit. And then that's when I got introduced to the Score Group, which is a very um, large porn company in Miami. Okay. And, um, they deal mainly with girls with big boobs. Okay. <laughs> which you have. I have ginormous. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> a lot heavier then too. I was about 150, 160 because I just moved from Wisconsin. So I still had all that winter fat and vodka <laughs> on my thigh. Cheese and vodka e weight. Years of PBRs there. So um, yeah, because they're very particular. Like their girls can't be too skinny. Like I still have huge boobs, but because I'm so skinny, they would never shoot me anymore, which is so funny. Interesting. It is, yeah, porn's very interesting that way. But um, so I did a shoot for them. So wait, how did you how did you get introduced to them? Oh, and to score um, a girl that I used to dance with, actually, um, another feature dancer. She's like, oh, if you, you know, shoot with these guys, it's good. You get a magazine, you know, you're in the magazine. It's good for feature dancing for credits, basically. So oh, clubs have a reason to hire you. I see. So when you say shoot, <clears throat> we're talking stills. Oh, no, it was um, a solo masturbation video okay. and pictures. Yes. I see. Which was... To be published in... in, in, in yeah, they'll have like their online little oh, okay. website and then, um, and then the magazine as well. That They put a lot of the stills in the magazines. And so uh, they still have that. But um, So that's how I got introduced to porn and I really liked it. And I really liked the money <laughs> that I was getting. So um, And I knew that if I continued to do more movies, I would get more credits for feature dancing. Right. So I continued to do a bunch of porn. And when I started dancing again, I fucked up my knee really bad. So I couldn't dance anymore. By by dancing or okay. yeah, well I, I screwed it up playing volleyball, a little bit of basketball, but mainly volleyball and cheerleading in high school. I had injured it pretty bad, and so dancing really didn't help with it at all. Like I would have to drain water out of my knee. Yeah, it was gnarly. So um, <laughs> so basically, dance doctors like you continue to dance, you may not be able to walk anymore. But I was still making money doing porn, and I didn't really you know have to dance around as much. Yeah, porn. So I just stuck with porn. 
Gotcha. For a while. You do the, the first scene, the solo masturbation scene. Mm-hmm. You enjoy that. <laughs> and then... And then what, what happens after that? Well, the solo masturbation scenes are actually like the first one was the most nerve wracking, like terrifying experience ever. Because if you think about when you're masturbating, you're by yourself yeah. most of the time. Like, it's like the definition of it. Exactly. Most of the time. Most of the time. So when you have some weird guy there telling you, kind of like coaching you what to do, it was just very awkward for me. But then they, they're like, oh, maybe you should try, you know, this scene. Um, the very next scene that I did after that was a boob job scene. They're like, oh, you know, maybe just try this, you know, because they, they really wanted to shoot me for a bunch of stuff. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm like, well, how much are you going to pay me? And they're like, you know, we negotiated a price and I got way more than I would have because it was my first couple of scenes. But I actually, I really enjoyed that. It wasn't nearly as nerve wracking because there was someone else there with me. So after that, like the hardcore sex scenes were so much easier for me than the solo masturbation. So it's like I got used to them right. after a while, you know, because you do them so much. But in the beginning, I was just like, these are so embarrassing for some reason. <laughs> it was just funny. Solo masturbation scenes, especially like the girl's first couple ones are just like, what? Are she, like, does she even know what she's doing? It's <laughs> so awkward. So it was easier when you had, when you were actually like having sex yeah with but because someone else was there you weren't all by yourself it's just some weird guy staring at you with the camera <laughs> <laughs> that's the way i looked at it and was it literally with just one guy yeah pretty much like the makeup artist like may pop it you know at the studio or whatever but no for the most part at least at score you know it was just a camera guy most of the time they just want you to do your thing you know they're not going to be a bunch of people there right now you know after i've done it for so long like there could be 20 people in the room and i wouldn't give a shit you know <laughs> you just break down those borders <laughs> slowly but surely Walk me through because I mean this is I mean obviously I'm a, I'm a dude this is this is this has always interested me you know the 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 behind the scenes aspect yeah. of this so walk me through you know a traditional like a traditional boy girl uh, scene tr- oh, how does the, the day the, on set begin um, well the day on set begins normally the girl will get her hair and makeup done okay um, that could take like an hour. We'll do that. Then we pick out outfits or, or whatever. Outfits that are there or outfits that you no, bring? No, no. Most of the time we bring our own. Okay. Sometimes they'll have stuff for us to wear, but for the most part, it's um, we, we bring our own shit. Okay. <laughs> then we'll take the still pictures. Um, the pretty girls, as they're called, where it's just a girl by herself. And those are used for what? Like the cover, you know, selling it on different websites and stuff like that. But they just have a progression of pictures, basically, of the girl by herself looking all pretty. And then, you know, towards the end, or she's a hot mess and come all over <laughs> why are you whispering <laughs> sorry sorry just come all over her face so you have the makeup you do the pictures and depending on who, what company you work for sometimes they'll make you do all of the pictures right away like the hardcore pictures and then you could do the video or sometimes they'll do it where you're taking pictures and video at the same time so that's actually a little bit more annoying because we have to constantly stop while they'll take pictures right which is just like just let us do our thing <laughs> right so in the first in the first scenario you'd actually basically have to have sex with the guy yeah for, for but the like self not pictures. to completion just Correct. like yeah posing. no it's very being a male porn star is very difficult like you kind of have to stay hard without actually coming for about five six hours yeah and that takes a lot of fucking stamina <laughs> i have i have the utmost respect for those dudes <laughs> let's say the stills usually it's mm-hmm. taken first after that 
then, then, what then they'll cut, they'll change the lights, completely different lighting, and then we'll cut into the sex scene. Sometimes they'll, they'll tell us like certain positions, obviously, that they want us to do. They'll give us between three to five. Normally, the scene's about a half hour long. And then as long as we just do those positions or whatever, unless something happens or the light, you know, lighting, most of the time they'll just let us you know fuck basically (laughs) (laughs) we're professionals it's our job but sometimes i'll kind of be like oh well maybe you should try this there was one naughty america scene where it was just um i won't say the guy but the guy was just he kept trying to move me in a way that the camera couldn't see me and the director was getting really pissed off he's like dude no one is here to watch you right (laughs) it was so funny some of the some of male porn stars have really big egos it's quite comical yeah (laughs) it's like you're just a guy with a cock you need to calm down there buddy (laughs) (laughs) but a guy with a cock that could really control his cock yeah very very well mad props like mad respect it's so funny you know having a porn sex and just dating porn stars in general and then like dating a regular civilian guy i'm just like oh that's right we're and for the fact that they know i'm a porn star so a lot of times i'm just like the first time i'm not even going to count it because they sometimes get really excited or yeah. really excited, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Some guys get actually, there's a lot of guys though that, that try really hard and I give them mad props for that. So thank you. That, I mean, <laughs> that has, that's gotta be the most intimidating thing in the world. Um, I would think that I am very intimidating. I'm very tall. I'm smart. I do a bunch of shit. So yeah, there are many reasons why I'm still single. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just terrify men. It's, that's okay. I'm used to it. It's got to make dating. It, well, there'll be a lot of guys who act really tough, you know, and obviously just want to have sex with me, which is fine because sometimes I just want to fuck certain guys. But then there's other guys, you know, who are actually like after they get to know me are really intimidated by either the things that I say or how I act or how I dress something like that like i've dated guys that are a little bit shorter than me and they get really you know they feel very inferior yeah which i think is silly i don't have a huge problem with that but i do like to wear high heels if i wear high heels i could be six four depending on how how tall are you five eleven okay which is tall for a girl it's pretty tall <laughs> tall drink of water <laughs> yeah what what is the biggest misconception you th- you would say people have about porn stars and the porn industry um that all the girls are messed up mentally like either have daddy issues yeah. or drug addictions or something like that a lot of them are actually very well educated have multiple degrees um families and stuff like that i always thought that was hilarious i mean obviously there's stereotypes for a reason there are some girls are fucking insane they're all fucked up on drugs but there's girls like that everywhere in every industry it doesn't matter (laughs) like i've seen some girls like i used to work in an office and those girls are fucking insane because all they do is just sit in the office and stare at the computer screen you know like they're not they don't don't experience anything so they're like closet fucking freaks when they get out (laughs) (laughs) yeah at least you guys it's all it's all out there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, porn stars are actually very honest people, you know, very, well, for the most part, honest and, and open with their sexuality, with, with who they are, with what they enjoy doing and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's one thing that's always bothered me. Were there aspects of that industry that you didn't like? Oh, without a doubt. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's some shady people. Um, my old publicist, for example, she's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny, a lot of people that are pieces of shit 
aren't actually performers. You know, they're the companies like right. Webmaster is also an asshole. You know, just r- basically raping girls out of all this money that they think, oh, you have your own website, you're going to make all this money. And it's like, no, they're actually using your name, selling all this content. You know, making way more money off of it than than the girls actually do. And so that's you know that's sad that that happens. But um, no, for the most part, the condom initiative was is really stupid to me. I found that to be that's one of the reasons why I, I did retire. I don't want some fucking guy telling me what I can and cannot do with my body. Right. I have a really big issue with that. Like if I want to have to piss out a condom the night, <laughs> the night after, God damn it, that is my right to wear condoms or not to um, explain oh, the, the condom initiative. The condom yeah. initiative. Um, basically, his name is Michael Weinstein. He is the president of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. He has been pushing for the past um, two years to have um, condoms in porn, where all porn stars have to wear condoms because of um, AIDS, yeah. basically. But the last person who contracted AIDS on a porn set was in 2004 or something like that. It was a long time ago. Basically, he plans on making a shitload of money from these different condom companies and right. stuff like that. It's gone very, very far right now, and it's pretty close. Like It's already like different bills have passed, and now it's basically it's up in the state where it's like it could be very possible where porn could have to leave California because they want people to use condoms or force them. It's not even so much condoms, but they wanted us to use all sorts of other protective gear. Like during the blowjob scene, they wanted girls to wear goggles. <laughs> yeah, like goggles um, during female oral sex to use the dental dance sure. and stuff like that. Like they wanted the camera guys to be wearing full hazmat suits. What? Because if you think about like in a hospital, they wanted basically medical grade sterilization on a porn set. It's like, have you, well, you've never been to a porn set, but that is really hard to do. Cause most of the time, like we rent out houses, you know, and, and same thing with like music videos, we rent out houses or they have like little studios and like they have condoms available. It's just a matter of, of having the choice and they're basically taking away the choice. Just to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Why is it not so important um, to, well, to, it, to, to wear condoms during these scenes? It takes away from the artistic, as I quote, unquote, artistic <laughs> ability. Like, you can't have condoms in a bukkake scene. There will be no more bukkakes. And some people will be really, really sad about that. I'm sure there will be some very sad bukkake fans out there. It does. It takes away from the artistic vision of, of certain people. And you just really can't tell people what to do like that to me. I understand the testing. I do understand the legal aspect of it and, and the insurance part of it. Legally speaking, yeah, that we probably should have to wear them if, if you're like comparing like a stunt car driver or something like that on, on a mainstream set. Um, they're, they're insured by the company who hired them the same way that if someone were to contract an a, um, HIV or STD on a porn set, that company is actually liable to pay for their medication and stuff. That doesn't happen right now so much in porn. The uh, performers, just, his name is Dr. Riggs. They, they go to Dr. Riggs, get a Z-Pack, you know, shot in their ass and some meds and call it a day, basically. Right. So For anything bacterial, anyway. Correct. <laughs> yeah. For the uh, for the run of the mill chlamydia or chlamydia, uh, gonorrhea and gonorrhea. stuff like that. I mean, no, like I in my personal life, I use condoms all the time. I have nothing against condoms. I just don't want some creepy motherfucker telling me that I have to use condoms because he wants to make money off of it. That is where I kind of be like, oh no, see, this is my vagina, and I'll put whatever the fuck I want in it. Right. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> So is, I mean, I'd have to imagine that, I mean, STDs are not rampant, but a pretty 
common thing. You mean it's not in the industry. like you could go forever without promote before um contracting them i know a bunch of girls that have been performers for years and supposedly never had anything i've caught something the first year that i was in and it was terrifying because i'm 30 years old and i've never had an std before in my life and my mother is a labor and delivery nurse so i learned about stds before i even really knew what sex was yeah so she's the first person i call and i'm crying and be like mom i got gonorrhea i don't know what to do and she's like well Aaliyah, you're having sex on film (laughs) so you know that's kind of one of your job hazards now i'm like he when you're right but i know it's so creepy it was like it did it really weirded me out but um and that's when you get smart (laughs) about like the people you perform with like you check their tests obviously i checked his test but now they have it instead of um or was it, it was like once a month now people get it basically tested once a week you know oh really oh yeah it's like once to twice a week depending on um depending on how much you're working and stuff like that so i would just get tested more frequently and if it was like particular performers that i know hang out with like really dumb girls and, and stuff like that you know that that escort or don't use condoms when, when they do certain things and i just wouldn't work with that guy you know some some guys are known to be like oh he's gonna give you this guaranteed then you know he's just you put him on his no list on your no list <laughs> that's funny to think that i'm trying to like translate that to like moderate just regular like <laughs> office culture like yeah he steals people's lunches <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, dude, he's will give he's you really chlamydia. Bad. <laughs> he will most certainly give you chlamydia. <laughs> was there was there anything that you were asked to do in porn that you didn't want to do or Oh, you- all the time. Like, well, I have a list of shit that I would do and what I wouldn't do. Like I would never do bukkakis or gangbang scenes that those were not my for not my forte, basically. I, I wouldn't do anything on camera that I wouldn't do in my personal life, basically. Um, there are some things that I wanted to try, you know, that I wouldn't been, have been able to try in my personal life. Like I was able to work with a couple um, transvestites, which was amazing for me because I like chicks and I like dick. So a chick with a dick is yeah. bonus. And there are certain things that I was able to do. Nice. God, what a full life. I feel like, I feel like such a... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> such a boring person here. No, you're not. How long total did you did you do porn? Only about four years, four and a half. Is that average? Is that less than average? Um, normally, it goes like one year. It will be um, like one scene to six months to one year. And then normally after that, it will be a three-year mark. And then after that, maybe five. And then after that, you're pretty much in it to win it. Right. <laughs> you're in it for a while. Like, I was planning on being in porn forever. That's, I was like, this is what I want to do forever. I love it. But I also said that about dancing and about being a cop. <laughs> right. Right. So you were just getting sort of burnt out, tired? A little just- bit. Well, that, the condom initiative really bothered me. And I wanted to try comedy and go back to school. So. Right. Wow. How about it? When you're doing comedy now, mm-hmm. are you talking about porn oh, yeah. in, in your in your oh, comedy? Oh, yeah. Not, not like every set. I try not to, but the first couple ones, obviously, until people start to actually recognize me where I won't like have to admit it. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of jokes. I mean, it would be stupid not to. Every comedian has at least one joke about porn. Yeah. I kind of have the advantage considering I was 
in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you're doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Do people recognize you a from, from film? Do. I'm not sure. You know, I have one joke where I'm just like, oh, I just retired from the adult industry and people just clap. And so I, I go along with like, I'm not sure if you people are clapping because you recognize us and then look right. at my boobs or if it's because <laughs> you guys are assuming I'm making better life decisions. Right. <laughs> so sometimes people, um, like there's a couple of jokes where I, where I like will throw in a movie that I was in. Right. You know, you know, something like that. But um, I've had a couple of people come up and be like, oh, you're so-and-so. But for the most part, because what mo- most people look at me now, like the way I dress and stuff, I don't look or act like what people would assume a porn star would act like. Right. Which is funny because a lot of porn stars act just like me, but people assume that they're all these crazy sex fiends. And a lot of them are. Yeah, complete sex Yeah, fans, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, I, I follow porn stars on, on Twitter and Instagram because why wouldn't you? Exactly. And uh, some of them are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Too. Dana DiRamond is so funny. Yeah, she, I, I've been a fan of hers for <laughs> since the MySpace days. A lot of them do give off that vibe. She's not one of them. She's the type that seems like a normal person. <laughs> so, so. I'm not... I'd, I've only met her once. We, we had a huge dinner. Um, there was a bunch of us. I've only met her once, so I can't. Yeah. I can't. I mean, it. as opposed to... Like, like I follow some porn stars mm-hmm. that they look like a porn star in every single photo. Oh, yeah. So I guess is. that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, no. There will no, be photos she, where she looks like a normal person. Yeah. Not, not no, like no. She, she does, like, normal people things. And, right. yeah. No. <laughs> she's, she's normal. So I think that's why people tend to get that, you know. Yeah. But that's that's what people get for believing everything that they see on social media and television too yeah we can't help it i know it's really hard i mean i do it too sometimes i'm like is that real and then i'm like oh no it's not <laughs> that's why google is an amazing thing especially now you know where they're posting on facebook where they have all these things it's like if you don't google it they had one story where it's like all the brand new cars like are just huge parking lots all over the world not being driven i'm like that doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> so I Googled it. Right. Oh, no, but it's a, a satire. Just, okay, that's why I didn't comment on it. Because I would have been like, that's fucked up. Starving people everywhere. In Detroit, mainly. <laughs> where they make cars. What is the end game with comedy? I don't see one yet, which is good. I'm going to continue doing stand-up. I want to... Um, I'm going to be taking some improv classes and continuing my, my classes at the UCB. I'm not sure if it'll be here in New York or mm. in LA, which is, I'm very grateful that they do have um, two schools, in, yeah. which is really, really nice. And be able to go to both of them would be cool. And just go from there. I have my podcast too that I do and just see how it goes. <laughs> have you buddied up with, you know, New York comedians? Have any, has anybody kind of taken you under their wing? Um, I have a couple of friends <laughs> that have definitely, my friend Ryan Hernandez, he, him and his friend Eric Levi, they host a podcast. Um, and they also host this little comedy weekends at the 206 Lounge mm-hmm. in um, the Village. And um, that's technically the first time, well, maybe the second time. First time I ever performed was at Snappers and it was horrible. Again, I was just like, oh, maybe I should hold off on this a little while. So Which, like, by the way, is the best slash worst name for anything ever there's i forgot what comedian (laughs) i think it's george carlton does the thing about snappers right i was gonna bring it up but i (laughs) i said "Eh, he's one of my favorite no he's like it's pussy it's not a fucking lawnmower yep (laughs) he's got such a good point there (laughs) yep 
<laughs> yep. All right. So no end game. That's 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 good. You're just I'm just doing doing it. Doing it where it goes, it goes. Uh, exactly. Similar with what I did with porn. I was just like, oh, we're just gonna see where this takes me. Yeah. <laughs> God, such a free spirit. I try to be. I think it was because my father was in the military and I had a very structured childhood. Yeah. Did you have one of those too? No. 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 God, he you was were lucky. We were pretty, um, you know, we had rules and shit, yeah. but, you know, no, we weren't, I, like, ultra-religious or ultra-definitely not conservative. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely not conservative <laughs> at all. No, like, my family was fucking insane, but for some reason, like, my dad was very, like, especially with me, maybe it's, I was the, pretty much the only daughter, his only daughter, at least that we know of. He's <laughs> 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 the only one that he's taken care of so far. And then I had my, my half-brother and my step-brother, but I was also the oldest, so I always had all the pressure to be the best and and stuff like that and I had to go to Catholic school but that was through my mom my dad actually let me go to any church I wanted to just as long as I was out of the house on Sundays because I wanted to <laughs> this is another thing that I wanted to study especially like first second grade I didn't really understand this whole God Jesus dude and like why I had to like skip out of class or like yeah. sit in this fucking church and talk about him and eat that horrible bread and yeah. the fucking wine and just creepy so my dad let me go and explore different churches Presbyterian Baptist like all of them and then at the end it was like one summer I did that and I was just like uh this guy isn't real like this is a bunch of made up <laughs> stories and he's like good and he's like now that you know that <laughs> I had to find a different project for me and my brothers on Sunday morning so they could hear their hangovers but um I didn't have to go to church anymore which right was nice. that's another thing George Carlin talked about he said he, he was born Irish Catholic mm-hmm. until and he was practicing until he re- reached the age of reason <laughs> that was about that was about 10 for uh-huh. me I was about 10 years old when, when that went down, that whole thing. And just for the fact that he let me explore it. And like, we would have yeah. talks about it and stuff. He's like, why do you think this man is not real? Or what stories are different? Like, I've read the Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah. And I've even read like the Mormon version of the Bible. What goes on in there? I want to know. So it's weird. I don't know. Like our neighbor was Mormon and that's how I got to go in because you can't really just go in. Apparently you had to be invited. Oh, I see. At least that's how they made it seem. Um, I was, I don't know. I don't honestly remember. I just remember the family being really weird and just feeling awkward. And that there was a couple of them that I felt really awkward. And like the Baptist church, I love those fuckers. Those guys are great. Yeah. Get all crazy. Half of them are drunk. (laughs) At least at the church. (laughs) Like I went there two weeks in a row. Yeah, Catholic Mass is not a... uh, It's so sad. It's so sad. It's so depressing. I don't understand. Like, something that is supposed to help you celebrate life, how it's just so... Like, just makes you want to kill yourself. Yeah. Just like, everything that you do is so wrong. But you could talk to this guy, and he'll make it all better for you. But you (laughs) still need to feel really fucking guilty for it for the rest of your goddamn life. Right. (laughs) Just like, okay... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think my parents tried to... We definitely went to church every Sunday for a few years there. Yeah. But I think my parents were just like, this is this a is stupid. silliness. Well, I think a lot of parents do it when kids are younger because it helps structure. It, it, yeah. it is a structure thing and whatever. But yeah, basically just structure. Yeah, it gives me. them some, I guess, moral compass. Yeah. But uh, I, I like if they don't believe in it, it's like, well, right. it's kind of hard to force it upon me. Like my mom... I think she kind of, I think now that, that she's a little bit older and I've like kind of beat it into her a little bit. It's like, it's one thing to have faith. Like you could totally have faith in something, but 
you don't have to believe in this one little man that does all this stuff. It's like believing in Santa Claus or the sure. fucking Easter Bunny. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. I don't like. How do you think that the like people's it's fucking intelligent people believe that this one man created everything and like how do you not science people it's science i love science but science is hard it is you gotta a little hard. Hard. you really do have hurts my think. brain <laughs> it's so much easier to believe in a fake can't little man in the sky. <laughs> can't we just believe and that is why people do because it's easier for them to understand the fact that they just came from little fucking you know zygo or not zygo <laughs> Technically as I go, yes, but this has been educational. This has been educational. I'm, I'm glad that I could help. And inspirational. <laughs> Is there anything you 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 want to get off your, your chest? No, they're kind of attached. Yeah, I mean I- <laughs> I've been trying to like get someone to just carry them around for me because they're so heavy, but now they're stuck there. Are there days you dislike your breasts? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when I'm trying to work on the computer. I literally sometimes will have to place them on the desk just because of I'm typing so much that <laughs> it's hard on my back. Wow. So I'll just set them on the desk and I'm just like, oh, although I'm hunched over a little bit, but it does help. Yeah, like, that helps. Yeah, it totally helps me keep my back straight, which is very important for a woman with very large breasts. Yeah. So. How, what, what size are they? Um, 34F. Or actually 32. I lost some weight. Got it. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking. I'm just. Because <laughs> that's the one question everybody always wants to know. How big are your boobs? <laughs> Especially because they're real. Like when they're fake, they're like, oh, how many CCs you have? Because I had oh, one person ask me that. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then they're looking at your boobs and they kept looking at my boobs. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. These are real. These are homegrown. They don't even look fake though. Why? Like. Well, some people are really dumb. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, <laughs> clearly they're not. Fake. No, well, the way that they move, like I, like I'm sitting and I'm leaning to the left, and now they lean right. to the left. If you're right, fake, right. They the f- just be like, boop. The boop. fact that that's right. The fact that they're moving at all. Exactly. Is, but is, some people can't tell that, so they'll ask how many CCs. Well, they that. need to watch more porn. Something. Because <laughs> you can tell the difference. You could totally tell. The difference. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, yes. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. No, thanks for having me. Um, I should give a shout out to headquarters, which is where we're sitting. I should have done that in the beginning of this yes, conversation. Yes, headquarters, a strip club, a gentleman's club. A gentleman's club. It's a gentleman's club on West 38th Street, mm-hmm. 552 West 38th Street. Wow. That 4.0. I was gonna say it. <laughs> that and I haven't smoked any weed today, so <laughs> I Well, get to that. You can do that after this. Correct. All right. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and there you have it, Alia Janine on the Laugh Spin podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow Alia at the Glorious Cunt on Twitter or aliajanine.com. A L I A and j-a-n-i-n-e all one word dot com please do subscribe to us on itunes leave a review those reviews really help us a lot we and we appreciate when you guys uh leave a review we like that by all means please go to laughspin.com every single day many times a day support what we do over there we're a, a scrappy indie site that uh a lot of people enjoy and we want even uh more people to enjoy there's no there's no huge corporate entity above us uh we're scrappy and uh we want to kick some more ass for you guys that's it i'm gonna get out of here and uh hopefully we'll uh see you guys really soon see you guys